T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, no Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. And it's driving jam time! And the Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught! Touchdown! Kansas City! Now, Sports Open Line on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Hey, diving in on a Thursday night here on Sports Open Line. Man, we're going to be busy tonight. we got a lot to cover. We've got, uh, we're going to hear from both Craig Bruby and Doug Armstrong this hour. Of course, they held the press conference today um, making the, the contract extension that was reported yesterday, and re- not just reported, but broken by the team yesterday at their press conference earlier today. So we'll hear a little bit from uh, both Army and Doug Berube coming up in a few minutes. We're going to hear from Rob Manfred, who spoke today. Um, and I, I don't know yet if we can fully believe the kind of semi-optimism that he showed today, but I want to get into it as we go through. Uh, he would not rule out spring training starting on time. And now I, I'm calling BS on that. I just don't see how you're going to do it. I mean, he's talking about you know the, the owners and the players are going to meet again on Saturday, and you're going to hear from him. You know, we'll play this a little later on in the hour, but he's saying that you know, this is going to be a good offer. This is going to get bring the players. Cl- we're going to get closer to where the players are. We think this is something that can move the conversation forward. We'll see if that's the reality. I mean, we're going to find out. I don't know if it is or not. And and obviously, you know, what they view as progress may not be viewed as progress by the union. But he did say something today that I thought was interesting. And uh, that was that he thinks that they'll start on time. The, I mean, the regular season. He wouldn't say that spring training was going to be pushed back, but come on. I mean, like, even if you brought this offer in on Saturday and the Players Association said, all right, we agree, like right out of the gate, eh, you got to get it done in four days. I'm not so sure you're going to be able to ratify the whole deal, get everybody traveling and going where they need to go and get things started on time. But he didn't want to rule that out, But and I'm not ruling it out. I'm saying it seems highly unlikely. But he did say, and this is a direct quote, I believe we will have an agreement in time to play our regular schedule. So we'll see. I mean, you know, he's not always sunshine and rainbows. That's about as sunshiny and rainbowy as he gets. I don't think he would say that just for PR reasons. Although keep in mind in, in all of this, he's spinning, usually spinning. I didn't say that very clearly. It almost sounded like I said spitting. I did not mean that he is spinning this. So that if the players turn around and say no, people are going to be like, what? You said that you guys are getting close. Damn those players. 
that, that there's certainly the possibility that that's what's going on. And look, he acknowledged that both in negotiations, both sides posture, right? The players are going to, you know, have their their own posturing about this at some point. But if they do end up moving closer, I don't think we're going to get an agreement this weekend. That doesn't sound like they're that close. But I still think like opening day is possible. So we'll we'll talk a bit about that as we go through. You're going to hear from Rob Manfred later on this hour. He did say a couple of other things that that the owners have agreed to with the players. So based on a player's proposal, these are the things they said we agree on. One of them is the universal DH. So we can say with certainty what we already assumed, that the universal DH is here. And we're going to touch on that a little bit later on, too. You're going to love it, guys. (laughs) You think you're not. You think you're going to hate it like it takes away strategy. It doesn't. It does not at all take away strategy. Analytics are doing that anyway. You know, it's not really the game's not about anybody's gut feel anymore. It's not about, you know, pulling things out of your rear end late in games or getting just the right guy there. I mean, it's all planned. You know who's on your bench. You know who's available. You know when you're going to pinch it. It's not going to, trust me, it's, you're not going to hate it. It's good because what you're going to really, what you're really going to realize is just how bad it was to watch pitchers hit. He hit like a buck 08 last year. I mean, come on. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see a bunt with a runner on first base and one out. That's the dumbest thing ever. You'll like it. And and we'll talk about this. I actually, get, you know, I'm going to have Bob Ramsey next hour too. Uh, we got to talk a little Billikens uh, with Rammer. The Billikens have been playing great. I think they're playing their way into if if they continue the way they've been going. I think they're playing themselves into a, a legitimate shot at the NCAA tournament. Um, I mean, they're 48th in the Ken Palm ranking, so you know they're they're in that range that makes sense. Now, don't get me wrong. I think they need to finish well. And you probably need to make a little bit of a run in the A-10 tournament. But I think they're capable of all that. They've had a lot of things go right here lately. And a lot of players kind of, you know, a lot of pieces, I should say, fall into place. Things that you said, you know, when when Javante Perkins went down. Things that we all thought, well, they're going to really need X, Y, and Z to happen. And they're they're kind of happening. Um, so we'll talk about the Billikens. And I, and I can't have Rammer on and not talk a little baseball. So we'll probably throw a few things in there with Rammer on the baseball side. He'll be up, coming up at 7.15. Got some other Super Bowl topics I want to get into a little bit later on. So we're going to be all over the place. We're going to start off, though, with more on the Craig Berube contract extension. We're going to hear from the coach. We're going to hear from Doug Armstrong. Both of them spoke at a presser today. Uh, Blue's getting ready to get back after it tonight against New Jersey. So as part of a little prep for you, you'll hear from both the coach and uh, the general manager, Doug Armstrong, coming up on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, let's hear a little bit from the two major players with the St. Louis Blues. I shouldn't say players, right? Because they're not players. They're the head coach. Uh, so the two major bosses, the head coach and the general manager of the team. So we're going to hear from Craig Bruby and Doug Armstrong. Both of them spoke earlier today during a Zoom press conference to kind of make the the contract extension for Craig Berube official. You know, we heard a little bit from Berube last night, a uh, conversation that that he had had with Joey Vitale. Uh, we'll hear a little bit from him in a second. But I want to start with Doug Armstrong. Look, you know, Doug Armstrong has has been the backbone of this franchise for a long time, putting things together, run, managing the roster the right way, uh, good draft picks, you know, good prospect development, the right trades at the right time. Not to, he, nobody has a 100% success rate, but Army's gotten a lot, a lot of, a lot more things right than wrong during his tenure here. And obviously, you know, he's been around a bit. They've been through some different coaches here, but obviously, they they believe in what they're doing with Baruby. So here's a little bit of Doug Armstrong from earlier today. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, today. As Mike said, uh, we're here to announce uh, Craig Bruby's three-year extension. Uh, as an organization, we're excited to have Craig uh, continue as our head coach, obviously coming in a few years ago and the success we had in the playoffs in 19 and then the regular season success over the last couple of years is, has been very good. And, uh, you know, we like our team this year. We like where it's heading, and I think we have the perfect coach for this group. So, Craig, congratulations. Yeah, for both uh, Doug and Craig, just can you talk anything about just the, the process of how this came about? Was this something that you talked about in the off season, and or just how did it come together? Uh, I'd say we talked uh, prior to Christmas, Craig and I, about uh, you know there was really no feeling I think from either side that we were concerned we weren't going to get something done. We talked to Christmas and said it's probably the right time to start the discussions, and uh, I started to talk to Craig's representative Steve Mountain, who did a great job, and. Uh, we just sort of talked on and off, and then we thought at this this uh, Olympic break or All-Star break, I guess now, was uh, the, the proper time to see if we get it finished, and we were able to do that. Doug, you've used the term perfect coach for this team before. Can you just uh, define that? What does it mean that Craig's the perfect coach for this team? Well, I think you start with the players, the respect that, uh, that f- first of all, Craig has for them and then they have for Craig. I think that he he's able to deliver a, a firm but strong message. They accept it. They understand uh, the style of play that he he wants to incorporate. It's a style of play I think we can win with. Um, we build our team around uh, trying to bring in players for that style. And uh, I think you, you you certainly don't want to have a vision as a manager and a coach not share that vision. And probably you don't want to be a coach that doesn't have the same vision as your manager. Uh, and I think that um, Craig and I view hockey the same way. We view the type of... Uh, uh, players that you need to have success and uh, so I would say that's what I mean by that uh, JR. Army we hear a lot about uh, sometimes in hockey coaches messages get stale and we see lots of changes in that field what is it about Craig's approach his style is it his honesty what keeps his keeps him from avoiding that trap that we see some coaches fall into. Well, I think you have to have willing participants that he's working with too, and I, a lot of the credit I put to Ryan O'Reilly and our leadership group in there that that they they want to be they want to be coached, they want to uh, receive information to be a, a good team, uh, and I think Craig delivers that. As I said, I think he's he's done a great job of surrounding himself with good with good assistant coaches that can. Uh, 
you know, we all want to we all want to fill in the cracks that we may have in our own in our own job responsibilities. And I think Craig's done a great job of of uh, bringing in good people and not only bringing them in, but then using them to the fullest of their ability. So I think it's a uh, it, it, I think it takes a, a group of people to coach in the NHL right now, and Craig's certainly the head coach, and he has a great message. And I think what what he does very well is to incorporate everyone in, into the decisions that he's making and, and allows those guys to have a, a voice with the players, which I think helps as a head coach. If you're not always having to deliver that message yourself, if you can rely on others, I think it, it helps out. But I, I would start with our players wanting to wanting to be coached and wanting to win, and uh, I think Craig has great leadership qualities. Great point there, and obviously Army laid it out really well how this all came about, what went into the decision, and certainly, you know, look, the, it's just the, it's success, man. You won a Stanley Cup. You've shown since then that you can maintain that level of success, or at least a high level of success. And, yeah, there have been blips. There have been problems. Um, but, you know, when there are short-term issues like how they played in the bubble, as an example, you don't make decisions based on just that. You take a look at the bigger picture. And obviously that led to the two sides agreeing to the contract extension. All right, that's Doug Armstrong. Let's hear a little bit more from Craig Berube. Again, his version of how this came together, why he wants to be here. And, and you know, look, one thing I like about Berube, I've said, that, said it last night, I say it all the time, I love the straightforward nature uh, of how he goes about things, the way that he speaks to the public, the way that he handles pregame and postgame questions and all that. And obviously you heard more of that this morning as he talked a bit about the deal. I'd like to thank Tom Stillman and Doug Armstrong for giving the opportunity to continue to coach here. Uh, there's no other place I'd rather be. I've enjoyed the relationship I've had with Doug working-wise and personal. I, I think it's grown over the years, and uh, it's uh, it's really in a good spot right now. So... Um, I enjoy St. Louis, and I enjoy the team. Uh, like Doug said, I think we've got a real good hockey team here going forward, and uh, we can do some damage, so I'm excited. Craig, uh, being a former player yourself, do you feel like that helps understanding the pulse of your group and ju- just having that feeling of knowing when to push the buttons and, and, and at what times you want to push the buttons and, and feeling like you can push the right buttons? No, it, it it does help for sure that I, I I was fortunate enough to play the game and be in a locker room and you know I had a number of different coaches throughout my career and um, players and and leaders that I've learned from over the over time, but also just as a coach, uh, the more years you coach and you get the more experience you get, you learn a lot more about you know things you're talking about when to push buttons and certain buttons and. I think the game's changed over the years. It's uh, really a players' league, and um, you know, you gotta you gotta really communicate with players nowadays. It's very important. Uh, they they want to know why things are happening or why you're doing this, and so that communication is really important. And that and that's changed over time. Back when I played, there wasn't a lot of communication between a coach and a player, um, and now nowadays it's uh, it's all about that. Greg, several players have said one of the things they like about you is you're you're open and honest with them, even if it's bad news. I mean, how it, it, is that maybe the toughest part? Maybe to tell players something they normally wouldn't want to hear. Yeah, I think so. But you get used to it. I mean, again, you're just trying to help them. So there's there's always tough decisions as a manager and a coach that you got to make, and you know they're not always <laughs> they're not always fun. But you know, if you want to be in this business, that's part of it, and you got to deal with it. Yeah, for you, Craig. It was just, uh, and when making this decision, how much does the stability with uh, the Blues ownership and Doug Armstrong weigh into your decision? Well, it has everything to do with it. 
Uh, like Doug said, if you don't have a good working relationship, it's hard to come to work every day. I mean, I've, our relationship has grown over time, and I think it was good from the get-go even, but uh, like Doug and I view hockey the same way and the type of team we want to have, and, uh, you know, it all starts there. And I think having a, a real good relationship with your ownership and your manager is very important as a coach. Uh, for me, it is anyhow. I don't want to come to work every day and not have a good relationship and, you know, I don't need that. I don't think anybody needs that stress. It doesn't sound like this situation was much of a distraction for either of you guys, but was it important to both of you to have this settled uh, entering what, what you hope is a, a playoff push here in a run? Yeah, no, not at all. Like, I, I got a job to do, and that's what I focus on is just come to the rink and do my job. And, you know, if it, if it was going it was going to get done, it's going to get done. Like, But I got a job to do, and that's what I focus on, so I really didn't – you know, like Doug said, Doug said, like, you, you know, I wasn't stressed out over it. Um, I think we were both, you know, in a good spot and we, we thought it was going to get done. Easy peasy. Get it all done. And it may, look, it made sense. There's no point in changing. It's working with the group you have. You're, you have, you're having a good season. You got a chance to do something, I think, in the playoffs. Um, and, you know, it, it's just simple enough. And look, if things go terrible down the road, I don't think they will. But if they do... Uh, it won't be the first time teams have had to change gears somewhere down the road on the fly. So there you go, Doug Armstrong and Craig Bruby on the big news. Really, it was news yesterday, but the two of them speaking today at, uh, I was going to say at the press conference, but it's a Zoom thing now. It's not It's not like it used to be, which kind of sucks, although it does make it a little easier. You know, you can just pop on Zoom from your house instead of driving all the way downtown to go to the press conference. In some ways, it's a little easier, but it's not the same. It's better being in the same place as people and get a little more perspective that way. All right, coming up next, we're going to hear from the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Rob Manfred spoke today about the talks between the two sides, how he thinks the owners have moved closer to the players. He thinks they have a, he's, they've got a new proposal that they're going to turn into the players coming up on Saturday that he thinks is going to move this process forward. We're going to hear from the commission. And then we're going to talk about whether or not what we're hearing is the real deal, something that we should take to the bank, or if it's more posturing, which is hard to tell sometimes. But we're going to listen to the commissioner first up when we come back on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. And it's a gunner. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, we just heard from... uh... Doug Armstrong and Craig Bruby, for, and, and it, it's a happy thing, right? You know, a Stanley Cup winning coach getting a three-year extension, teams playing well, it's a good feel-good thing. We do not have anything feel-good going on with Major League Baseball right now. At least we haven't up until now. These two sides have known that this was coming, like this fight was coming. Really, I think we knew this even before all the COVID bickering, uh, but obviously since then we knew this was going to be contentious, and it's still taking all this time. I just... I get it. Deadline spur action, blah, blah, blah. Well, we are getting to the point where deadlines are going to have to be met. You know, we we're at a stage now where look, spring training, practically speaking, is not going to start on time. Oh, you're going to hear from the commissioner in a minute. It might not be out of the question that it starts on time. I think it's kind of out of the question, but I've been wrong about things before. And we're going to listen to this. And then we I want to talk about how much of this is putting a shine on something that really doesn't belong there, how much of this is happy talk, how much of this is 
PR, right? You're, you're spinning it a little bit so that if things don't go well with the talks on Saturday, you can blame the player. Like, look, we told you we had a good, fair offer. Of course, it's from your perspective. But there were some things in here, and I do think there's something to be paid attention to. There's something to listen to when it comes to his statement about possibly starting the season on time. Believe He believes that they will. So let's hear a little bit from Rob Manfred, and let's talk about what we're hearing and how much of it we can really take to the bank. With respect to labor, let, let, let me start with the most important point. Um, the clubs, our owners, fully understand um, how important it is to our fans that we get the game on the field as soon as possible. Um, we want to reach a fair agreement with the Players Association, and we want to do that quickly. Um, we have listened carefully throughout this negotiation, and we have moved towards the players on key areas in an effort to address their concerns. We've proposed an agreement that is better in every respect than the expired contract. For the first time in history, and despite substantial opposition by some clubs, we've agreed to institute a draft lottery to address the players' concern about clubs not competing. The players have said throughout the process that a key priority is getting young players paid more. We agree, and we actually share that goal. That's why we've proposed to increase pay to young players through significantly increased minimum salaries and by accepting the concept brought forward by the players of a bonus pool for the game's best young stars. Under our proposal on the table, every single pre-arbitration player would be better off than under the previous agreement. We've agreed to a universal designated hitter and the elimination of draft choice compensation. These changes will improve the free agent market by creating additional jobs that are often filled by veteran players and by reducing, actually eliminating, the drag from compensation. We've made a meaningful proposal directly responsive to the uh, players' longstanding uh, concern about service time of young players. We'd like to expand the playoffs, which not, it, it, it is good for players and for clubs. Um, it's also good for our fans, the vast majority of whom enjoy playoff baseball. We think the new format will encourage more clubs to compete while giving more players the opportunity to participate in the postseason. In total, the proposals we've made would move the agreement decidedly in the players' direction. Where the clubs have been and remain unwilling to move is in response to player proposals that we believe will undermine the competitive balance in our game. For example, the players' insistence that we reduce revenue sharing will without question lead to less competition, not more. Changing the current agreement by taking resources from clubs with relatively limited revenue will make the game less competitive. And when you think about it, it's like asking people to take a pay cut. Lastly, on timing, um, we're doing everything we can to get a deal done for our fans. We had hoped that a federal mediator could provide some assistance to help the parties work through their differences and break the deadlock. 
Uh, we believe that the involvement of an impartial third party could help bridge some of the gaps and facilitate an agreement. The FMCS is there exactly for these types of labor disputes, and we thought it would be productive given the tightening calendar. While it's unfortunate that it, it was rejected, we remain committed to offering solutions and will once again offer the Players Association a proposal on Saturday in an effort to move the process forward. You're always one breakthrough away from making an agreement. You never, I mean, that's the art of this process. Um, somebody makes a move, and that's why we'll make additional moves on Saturday that creates flexibility on the other side and what seemed like a big gap on this topic or that topic isn't such a big gap anymore. So it's just, it's hard for me to answer that better than that. I am an optimist and I believe we will have an agreement in time to play our regular schedule. If, if I hadn't um, given consideration uh, to what it would mean to miss games, I wouldn't be doing my job. Obviously, I pay attention to that. I, I, I see missing games as a disastrous outcome for, the, for this industry, and we're committed to making an agreement in an effort to avoid that. Negotiations. By the way, can I say one other? I, you know, I, I really should say one other thing. You know, um, in the history of baseball, um, the only person who has made a labor agreement without a dispute, and I did four of them, was me. Um, somehow, during those four negotiations, players and union representatives figured out a way to trust me enough to make a deal. Um, I'm the same person today as I was in 1998 when I took that labor job. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I just don't know what else to say in response to that. It, you know, it is my part of my job to get us to an agreement that keeps the game on the field. I take that responsibility um, really seriously. And, you know, what somebody says on social media really doesn't affect my thinking in that regard. It's my responsibility to do everything we can to make an agreement that the industry can live with and keep the game on the field. And we are trying to do that. A little bit of an odd flex there at the end, right? Like, I'm the only guy that's ever done that. Like, man, you weren't in charge. You you were the guy leading the negotiations, right? I mean, for for all those years, he's he was Bud Selig's right-hand man when it came to negotiating. But he wasn't in charge, man. He wasn't the boss. You don't get credit for that. You're the co-pilot. Bud Selig was the pilot. He was the one wrangling the owners. I don't know. I thought that was an odd flex, but all right. <laughs> I do think he makes a fair point there. I mean, like, that is the job. Like, the, if there's no baseball, he has failed. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a mutual failure. The, the failure is shared. It's not only on one person. But, I mean, look, this is his thing, right? He's a labor lawyer. If you can't get it done and people are losing money, you know, clearly we have a bit of an issue to work through. Now, I thought it was interesting that he used the term optimist, said he's an op I'm an optimist. Well, I don't know if you really are, but... You said you were, and it's a pretty, pretty, pretty direct quote, right? I believe we will have an arrangement. I'm sorry. I believe we will have an agreement in time to play our regular schedule. Again, 
he could be blowing smoke up our butts. He could be, you know, playing positive Pete so that if things don't go well on Saturday, he can turn around and be like, see, the players ruin everything. I told you guys we were doing this. You know, you have to understand that in all of this, and I, I will say he even acknowledged, I don't know that he meant to in the way that I'm about to interpret it, but he acknowledged that you know, a lot of the talk you hear is essentially posturing, right? Well, I think it's fair to be suspicious of his motivation in in choosing the things that he chose to say today. But I don't know if you say what he said. I believe we will have an agreement in time to play our regular schedule. If you didn't think that if you didn't have an idea of where this would be headed in the next handful of days and ultimately that your your contingency your owners right the 30 owners that you work for have shown you that there are th- these are the parameters that can get a deal done and you think you can get get the players to be there too i i don't know that it would be i don't know that it tells us anything it's hard i mean R- rob manfred makes it difficult you know with, with just the way that he handles his thoughts on things he makes it difficult to trust that. You know, he talked about that trust there at the end. Do, does, do the players trust you enough? They don't like Rob Manfred. I think it's pretty clear. I don't know that, they, that the distrust is about him. I think the distrust is about the league as a whole, the owners, the 30 owners, and how these, these negotiations have played out. Now, I'm going to say this. You know, part of the reason that the players are unhappy is they've done a bad job the last two times around. There were a lot of people in real time saying they cut bad collective bargaining agreements the last two times out. Agents were saying it right away. You know, people that like me that looked at it and like, "Mm, maybe don't focus so much on the chef and maybe focus a little bit more on these things that you're talking about with with competitive balance. So I want to get into a couple of those topics that Manfred touched on there. I want to get into the areas that he says that they've moved toward the union and whether or not what he's saying and what that movement is is actually enough is it are they moving enough in the most critical areas the areas that will get the players attention the most that's really kind of where we are right now let's take a peek at that next up on KMOX all right a few more things i want to hit on with the I almost called him Roger Goodell. Not much of a difference sometimes. Rob Manfred, with his comments today, he hit on a number of things. I want to kind of go rapid fire. I don't want to focus too much on one. I want to hit on all of these here in a few minutes. Uh, one, he, he talked about, he was asked today whether or not owning a baseball team is a good investment, right? And I got to tell you, he's, he's, he's BSing you. Here's what he said. He said, if you look at the purchase price of franchises, the cash that's put in during the period of ownership, and then what they've sold for, historically, the return on those investments is below what you get in the stock market, what you expect to get in the stock market with a lot more risk. Okay, first of all, I've had this battle with people on Twitter a few times. There is no risk. There is no risk currently in purchasing a sports franchise but especially in Major League Baseball, the NFL, and the NBA. You have guaranteed television contracts that guarantee you revenue. 
franchise values have gone up. There's also this little note, by the way, that baseball's franchise values have grown at nearly twice the rate of the S&P 500 over the last 20 years. So that whole thing about the stock market, no, not really. I mean, look at the Marlins, for example, the least valuable franchise in Major League Baseball. Terrible fan support, terrible television deal, sold for $1.2 billion when it was purchased for about $200 million by Jeffrey Loria. I mean, look at the Cardinals, man. I mean, I know it's been a long time, right? It's a 25-year period, but they were purchased for less than $200 million. It's a $3 billion franchise right now. And to act like there's negative cash flow on an annual basis, that's nonsense. Look, I, I think that people misunderstand things sometimes. I do think that the annual profits that are generated by a baseball team is probably less than the annual profits that you might generate running your hedge fund or running whatever other companies you happen to own or be a part of in the in the business world. All right, fine. That's not the same as saying it's not a good investment. You might not get as big of an annual return, but you're getting you're making money and at the end of the time and at the end of your ownership, you're always selling the team for a lot more than you paid for it. And until somebody can show me an example of that not happening, I call BS on that couple other things from Manfred. Some of these make sense to me. Some of them maybe not. But he ran through the things where he says the owners are moving closer to the players. He talked about more money for um, the rookie deals and the minimum contracts and the bonus pool. They're nowhere near offering, at least they haven't been to this point, offering what the players are asking. But they don't. I don't think they need to go to where the players are asking. you got to find the middle ground. So I think that that's a fair statement that they, if they move forward a little bit on that, you know, with the bonus pool for young players to make more money if they perform well and higher minimum salaries, those things are good. And I think that's a good thing to move on. They do need to move more and the players do need to come down from where they are. But I think that's an area they can make a deal. Um, I don't think we're going to see arbitration or free agency rules changed. And I, I, I think if, if I were running the Players Association, uh, I'd be OK with that, uh, uh, assuming we can get some other things in place. Uh, the league is rejecting. The, the 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 notion from the players that they should reduce revenue sharing by $30 million. Look, I agree with the commissioner on this. If you reduce the revenue sharing, you're destroying the bottom tier teams, the low revenue teams. The player's position is if they don't have that easy money guaranteed to them, right, that they don't have to worry about being bad, then they have no incentive to be good so, in other words, they should have to earn their money. They should have to spend some of their money to get fans in the ballpark. I don't agree with that position. I think that the revenue sharing, as it is now, is a good thing, and I would actually argue that there should be more. I think the bigger market teams, the New Yorks, the LAs, Chicago's, I think they should be helping out the lower, the smaller market teams, the lower revenue teams, even more than they do. I think the players are wrong about that. Uh, they're going to expand the playoffs. We don't know yet whether it's going to go to 12 or 14, but we know that they both agree that playoff expansion is going to be a good thing. The thing that, to me, is the is the game changer in all of this is the competitive balance tax. It's currently at 210, or it's been at 210. The league has offered to bump it to 214 with more penalties, by the way, for exceeding it. A $4 million bump is, that's BS, man. That's that's not cool. Now, I will say the players shot too high. 
They started with $248 million. You're not getting that. I do think that this ends up settling around $225. $220, $225. The, the competitive balance tax needs to go up. It shouldn't stay the same for 10, 15 years when revenues are only going up. That doesn't make any sense. And I don't think the penalties should become more severe. I understand that Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox, a few of those teams can still can, can exploit that, can take advantage of it. Pirates can't, Marlins can't, you know, Royals can't, Brewers can't. I get that entirely, but that that dynamic is never going to change. It's always going to be that way. So I don't think we have to create this false sense that there's any balance. There isn't, and there never will be. And there are, by the way, if you're a smart team, there are plenty of ways to be competitive without having all that money. Ask the Tampa Bay Rays. They're pretty damn good at it. But I do think that that number needs to go up more than what the owners are offering. But again, it's unrealistic to say that it should go where the players have set that number. They set that number based on the way revenues have increased. So it's not an irrational position, but you're just not going to get that kind of growth in one CBA. They're not going to jump from 210 to 248. If they can agree on that number, the competitive balance tax, I think they'll have a deal real quick. All right, let's talk about the universal DH coming up here on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 